Welcome, welcome. It is time for another episode of The Random Joe Show. Hope you've had an amazing week out there with whatever games you've been playing, whatever free time you were able to rest away from real life stuff. We've got another great game to discuss, and I am excited to dig in. To recap what this show is all about, if you're new around these parts, Random Joe Show is a video game book club where I play a new video game each week, and I invite you to do the same, and then we discuss it as we move through it together. The conversation happens on Twitter and Discord throughout the week, and then I make a show each weekend relating your thoughts and memories and expressing my own experiences as well. The hope of this show is that you'd make some friends as you play some random games alongside and sometimes with one another. The impetus of this show was that I had this massive backlog of games, perhaps you do too, that I assembled through Steam sales, free Xbox and PS4 games, and the like. What I hope will happen is exactly what Big Papa Los expressed happened to him this week on Discord. This is what he said. I used the game club as an opportunity to finally play through this game. This is Ratchet & Clank, our game of the week, uh, with my son. He says, I have the collection on PS3, I've been saving it for him, and that's exactly what I want this game club to be for you. I want this to be a place where you get to experience cool games together with one another, where you get to make some friends, play some games maybe that you had in your backlog, and just never got a chance to play. This week's game of the week is Ratchet & Clank for PlayStation 4. This game was free in the month of March, and I hope you picked it up because it is a really excellent game. Now, I had never played these before. I grew up as a Nintendo fan, and uh, I didn't own a PlayStation until I got the PS4. So no PS1, 2, or 3. I know, crazy. I'm one of five people who's a gamer who doesn't have a PS2, but I didn't. And so Ratchet & Clank was something that I had heard about, I was vaguely familiar with, but I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't played it. And, uh, and it's a series that I wish I could have experienced as a kid because it's a lot of fun. Very impressed with this game and very surprised uh, at how fun this thing is. Big Popolo summar summarized it this way in Discord today. It's F-U-N fun. Simple, unobtrusive fun. I'll tell you, I almost finished uh, this game. I've, I've got two levels left to play. Um, I, I plan to finish it tomorrow before I start next week's game, which, by the way, is Full Metal Furies. Uh, it is by Cellar, I think Cellar Door Games. Uh, they are the creators of Rogue Legacy. So if you like that game, uh, try this one out. I guess it's got a bunch of puzzles. It's got a bunch of really weird combination of genres between like a brawler and some... If that sounds interesting, if you like weird games, I love weird video games. If you like weird video games, pick this thing up. It's on sale right now, and, uh, and we're going to be playing, about, playing it and talking about it and, and enjoying it, hopefully together, this week. So I'd encourage you to pick that up. Now, the show basically will take place in several different phases. I'll share what I liked... I'll share what I didn't like, my overall impressions of the game, then I'll relate your thoughts about the game, and then talk about what else I've been playing, and, uh, and give you an idea of what content to expect on the channel for the rest of the week. Now, what is Ratchet & Clank? Ratchet & Clank is a third-person, sci-fi, really cartoonish, action-adventure game made in the early 2000s by Insomniac Games. If that name sounds familiar to you, that's because they're in the press a lot these days. They're making the new Spider-Man game for PS4, that ultra-sleek, very cool-looking Spider-Man game that's been getting a lot of press. Release date just came out this last week, uh, so it's a good time to be talking about one of the games that they really 
developed and engineered and that they built their reputation on, which is Ratchet and Clank. It features Ratchet, who is a big-hearted mechanic, who is a, a rodent-looking creature. He's got these weird big ears, and he's got fur and stuff, and he looks kind of like a rodent. And Clank, a defective warbot who was made by this evil corporation that serves as your adversary for the game, and he escapes from the factory, and, and he's got all kinds of skills and abilities and, and thought processes that, that kind of balance out Ratchet. He solves puzzles and evades danger, and he supplies the smarts that complement Ratchet's courage. Now, Ratchet desires to be in the uh, Galactic Rangers, which is this group of heroes that protect the galaxy from nefarious forces that are at work. In the game, you play as Ratchet and Clank as they go through, and, uh, and, and through Ratchet's daring and courageous deeds, he becomes one of the group, this Galactic Rangers group, and helps them in their fight against Dr. Drek, the evil leader. Um, you discover the plot, betrayal happens, stuff blows up, you destroy a lot of evil robots, and it basically progresses like that for several hours. It's pretty fun. It's got everything you want in a video game, right? Well, here are the things I liked about it. First, the PS4 version of this game is drop-dead gorgeous. From the particle animations of the these little, they're like these little nuts and bolts, and uh, they're like the currency, the bolts, and, and they, they'll fly towards your character. When you destroy an enemy, they explode in this splash of currency and, that rattles all over the level, and as you walk towards them, they, they kind of hover and levitate and spin and then enter into your character's inventory. Uh, the game is just beautiful. It, it looks like, uh, well, there is a movie about this game that this is kind of based on, and and it really does look like that movie. It's a, it looks like perfect, you know, CG that would be used in a Pixar type movie, in a DreamWorks type movie, and it really does look incredible. All of the environments are beautiful. All of the guns look interesting and really well crafted. The art of the game is excellent. The character movements, the animations, the the voice acting, and the and the matching of the of kind of the character speaking to the dialogue is fantastic. This game is beautiful, and uh, it really does put on display some of the the power of the PlayStation 4 in rendering all of these different little bits that all are, are acting spontaneously and sometimes you have a ton of enemies on screen and you're firing these you know rockets and lasers and all kinds of other futuristic sci-fi guns it's really really fun and, and that brings us to the second thing that I really liked this game is so fun I, I cannot understate that it is very enjoyable and there is just a bliss to the combat that as you are playing through the game and as you're using these different weapons and abilities and as you're entering from area to area, as you're moving from planet to planet, there is a joy that is so palpable in this game. It is just, you can just see it and feel it in every moment. It is a really fun game. It is extremely quirky as well. Some of that ends up being kind of like, you know, you just kind of chuckle to yourself and it's like a bad pun, right? Like a dad joke. I love those things. And you get a lot of those where it's, it's not really that funny, but it has just this little charm to it. And, and you can't help but like it, even if it's not great. It's not like A-tier comedy. It's not this really moving and, and, and impressive story. It's just fun. It's just enjoyable. It's just something that pulls you into the bliss of playing a video game and engaging with these these really interesting and fun worlds, uh, it's kind of silly and and uh, it's just it's just really enjoyable. 
And that kind of leads into one of the things I like so much about this game is that it really is this high quality game with excellent and expertly crafted gameplay with variety and intensity and skill and and choices but it really is so accessible for kids and and i love it when i see a game like this some of you guys know i'm a pastor that's my job i work with teens i work with families and i see a lot of times where parents feel like their hands are tied because there's not a lot of great games that are well made that kids can enjoy. And a lot of times they end up playing, you know, their kids end up playing these M-rated games that are just a little bit beyond where they're at and, and kind of getting exposed to content that their parents don't really want them to. I love that games like Ratchet & Clank exist. Games that I don't have to feel weird about recommending uh, to my students. Games that I feel like are really carrying the bar of, of great design and giving it to kids to experience. Uh, I like the idea behind a lot of the LEGO games, but so many of them kind of go with the lowest common denominator. And these games really elevate, they innovate, and they're really expertly crafted experiences. And even though the, the story and the, and the quirkiness and the silliness kind of, it, it doesn't make it an adult game, it's got the goods when it comes to the combat. And that is what is really excellent in this game. The design is extremely reminiscent of other 3D platformers of the era, especially ones that I grew up with, like Banjo-Kazooie, Gex, Space Station Silicon Valley, and many others. And it hangs with the best of them. This game is excellently made, and, and I, can't, I can't state that enough. The moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, the choices that you make, and the way that you utilize your abilities and your movement in this game are great. Um, it has a lot of variety, and it is just so well-crafted. And that comes into, I really want to talk about these things somewhat at length, but the, the, upgrade, wep the upgrade system for the weapons is absolutely incredible. It makes your investments in weapons you love even more rewarding. What it does is you have essentially a grid system. If you imagine a bunch of hexagons that are all around in, in a certain pattern, and there are certain gold hexagons that sit within and kind of like surrounded by other hexagons. Each hexagon represents an upgrade. And that upgrade, if it's a gray hexagon, is generally a lower tier one. It might be like you can carry one more ammo for highlighting that, that node, or your range is extended by one more meter, or your damage is increased by an amount, or the blast radius of your weapon, or you know, simple, just slightly making the weapon better. But as you begin to explore into the grid, you find these gold nodes. And if you surround the gold nodes with unlocked white nodes or black nodes or whatever it is, clear ones, um, it unlocks then that yellow node, which gives it a new ability and reinvents the weapon in a cool new way. It gives it a new extra ability. So for instance, one of my favorites was the Proton Drum also known later as it becomes upgraded as the protoclast. This gun fires uh, like a, a projectile onto the map and that projectile begins pulsating beams that then extend 
and do damage to enemies. This was an incredible crowd control weapon and I really liked it. And as I began to upgrade it, it gained the abilities like like using electric zapping to, uh, to electrocute enemies that were within its radius, increasing the radius, dropping extra bombs from it, things like that. It was so cool and I loved this thing. It was really great for dropping right next to spawn points and then I could kind of turn around and switch to my shotgun type gun and dispatch the enemies that were kind of around me in other ways and know that those enemies were taken care of by my protoclast. And when you begin unlocking some of those upgrades, not only does it make the weapon a little bit better, but it's also unlocking those signature skills. And what's really cool about it is that you can upgrade any weapon that you want as you progress through the game You'll find that currency just from defeating enemies and entering into these secret areas, and then you can use those things to unlock the upgrades that you want. There's not even a, a recommended path of, well, you have to unlock this gold upgrade first. You can upgrade any of them that you want. You just make a beeline for the edge, and it doesn't tell you what the gold upgrade is until you unlock it. And so there's a sense of discovery and, and improving this weapon and making it your own. And you are really choosing your, your, your weapons, and they give you so many to use that you really do have to become rather choosy and that ends up being really good because you've got four quick swap weapons that are kind of mapped to the d-pad and you can quickly switch to one of those weapons but there's maybe 12 weapons throughout the game that I even already gotten and I, I didn't beat the game and those weapons you put four of them on that pad you can always uh, hold down triangle to access all of your weapons and swap to a specific one but you don't have to use that really outside of boss battles because you have plenty of ammo for those four weapons and you kind of rotate between them and use them to to kind of invest in different ranges so for instance I would use that proton drum and it would annihilate any enemies in a, in a really close radius to me. Then I had the pixelator, which was this like this shotgun that actually turns them into, into, into sprites, into 2D pixelated sprites, which is kind of cool. But that gun was awesome because it fired like this massive shotgun blast for anything up close. So what I'd typically do is if I had a couple bigger, beefier enemies, I'd throw a couple of those proton drum projectiles on the ground. They would be pulsating and I would just be blasting away with my pixelator and anything that was outside of the radius I would then move on and then attack with that gun if I had flying enemies or if I had enemies that were that were bigger and badder I would utilize something like the warmonger which is like this rocket launcher that fires a massive projectile and as I began to upgrade that gun that thing got really really good there was also a uh, there was also the the combustor, which is kind of like your basic pistol that fires a projectile missile at an enemy, but it's kind of like a standard uh, pistol where you kind of fire it pretty quickly. It's not a major rocket launcher damage thing. So I'd use that for enemies that were in the air. And a lot of times the way that the game is set up is that you're firing and you're hip firing. It's got a very generous auto-aim system. And the, the goal of it is that you want to be mobile. You want to be moving around. You want to be jetpacking all over the area. And it does such a good job at providing with you different tools that each do different things and excel in different situations. And then placing you within the game into enemies that are going to present you with a variety of challenges and a variety of ranges that you must engage them with. And I thought that those aspects of the game ended up becoming really, really strong aspects of what the game was trying to accomplish. And, and the upgrade system just reinforces like, oh, I got this gun. I want to play with it more. And so you do, and you upgrade it, and it gets better and stronger and more fun to use and more interesting and more diverse. And there's all these signature skills. You become so powerful by the end of the game that you feel like you're in complete control of your arsenal 
and the types of, of, of weapons that you wield. And it's really satisfying um, the way that they integrate those things and, and bring in that upgrade system. Also, the weapons. They're interesting, distinct, powerful, and fun. Uh, I mentioned before the Protoclast, the Pixelator, the Warmonger, the Combustor. Those were kind of my four go-to weapons as I was playing through the game. I also really love the Predator Launcher, which is like this... Uh, it's got like a big kind of circle on your screen instead of a reticle. And anything within that uh, circle can be targeted by one of these missiles. And you have like four or five missiles that kind of pop out of your backpack and that sit hovering in midair waiting for you to release the trigger. And when you do, they will then seek out and destroy any of the targets that are highlighted in that circle and go out and destroy them. That was a really fun gun to use. And I began unlocking some some of the, the upgrades. I'd love to see all the upgrades on these guns because like I mentioned, it's, it's just so satisfying and so much fun to utilize these things and to, and, to, and to really capitalize on what they're good at. I also used this really cool gun that essentially was a disco ball. And I forget what this thing was called. I should have looked it up. But uh, what you would do is throw it into a bunch of enemies, and then the whole area turns into a dance floor. And they all start dancing instead of attacking you, which is really funny. And a lot of these guns are just funny. I mentioned the, the pixelator that, that turns them all into, into little... Like th like they're two D sprites basically, and you can even like go over top of them because they're only two dimensional. They become flat, and uh, just the animations on those things were really cool. I don't know if those came from the original game, if those sprites were in some way part of it before, but my goodness, that pixelator gun was so much fun. And as I mentioned, the the protoclast and the pixelator were like far and away my favorite guns in the game. Um, it just annihilated everything up close. And, uh, and it absolutely destroyed them. And it was fun to see them turn into little bits. And when they, sometimes what would happen is if you killed it, they would kind of like their pixelated form would be, you know, kind of like a dead pixelated thing. And then if you shot them again or you walk past them, they burst into little pieces and, and give you extra ammunition and health and stuff. It was just really cool. I, I, I really, really love those guns. Uh, so those are, those are some of the things that really make the game great. The upgrade system, the weapon system. Those are the cornerstones of why this game is awesome, is because the basic core gameplay is so satisfying and good. What else is good about this game? There are more. <laughs> Don't wait, there's more. Um, just a couple more things. Gadgets are awesome. The gadgets are really cool. Gadgets are basically these passive bonuses that then give you the opportunity to utilize them in specific missions. For instance, you get these uh, grind boots, and the grind boots you use, if you think of like a, like a, a roller coaster track, because it looks just like a roller coaster track, but it's got little obstacles and various things, and so you jump on it, and because this game is such a product of the late 90s, early 2000s, and Tony Hawk, this is the era of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right? And uh, you totally are going to mimic that of, uh, of being a skater. And, uh, and it, it's kind of funny. There is even a, a skateboarding character. You even get a hoverboard at one point and race other people through a hoverboard course. Um, it, it really just it reminds me so much of some of these 3D platformers that I played. And the gadgets especially, they are so a product of their time. But they're really fun. There are these anti-grav boots that latch onto certain surfaces. Um, a lot of these are really, really fun. They're really interesting. They're very well made. Uh, they're just great. Now, uh, I also like the boss battles. There weren't very many of them. 
but I felt like they were they were effective at kind of forcing you to use everything that you had amassed. Um, I'm going to mention this in the things I didn't like. At the beginning, you you really don't have a lot of guns. By the end, you are just like swimming in them. You have to make choices, and I like that they give you so many options and so many reasons to make choices. And really, what the boss battles do is they force you to just use everything. There are parts of them that are obnoxious, like when they they send guided laser rocket things at you that you can't avoid and will eventually be, get hit by unless you do like move exactly the right way. But, but they were overall they were really fun, and uh, not not the best part of the game, but they were effective. They were fine. Now. That was a, a major list of things I liked. I think I talked for like 15 minutes about the things that I, I really, really liked about this game. And so hopefully you really get the the sense of this. I love this game. I thought it was great. Um, it's not the best. It's got some issues, but very few. It, it, it's not pushing ahead in, in, in really novel and unique ways other than the design of the upgrade system and the guns. Other than that, it, it is still a 3D platformer through and through. It's not reinventing the wheel. What it is doing, it's doing exceptionally well. But there were some things I disliked. The first was the story. And whereas I mentioned before that it does have a, a sense of fun and joy and quirkiness, there wasn't anything surprising about the story. The bad guy is as one-dimensional as could possibly be. There's a character early on that you see that you're like, I know who this character is going to be. I know what he's like. It was so obvious, kind of the track, the, the arc of the game. The character, the main character, is like your your everyman hero. It, it is, it is just generic, and it it has a charm to it. I, I came around to it, but I I didn't really care at all. I was like, all right, where are we going next? Uh, what are we going to do next? And I loved seeing the new worlds because they were beautiful. I loved seeing new guns. I was way more excited to see new guns than I was to have any kind of story. Uh, and even the even though the cutscenes are like, they have a bunch of cutscenes from the movie and those are, are good looking, they feel somewhat disjointed. And I think that that's because on some level, like it's still just like it's a below average video game story. It, it accomplishes everything you need it to do, but it doesn't do anything for you. And some of that is the, a product of its time. Like, you know, we have to remember that we live in the age of, of just incredible storytelling. We live in the age of The Last of Us. We live in the age of, of, of some of these really just behemoth games that had just not been made at this point. Um, not to say that there weren't any games. I mean, Final Fantasy, you know, even 6 and 4 come to mind as really excellent storytelling experiences. And a lot of adventure games that came out in the 90s were really good. So it's not like there were never good story-based games. But not not being told on the same level as, as they really are today. And, and so it's perhaps just kind of a ding against it for the time that it is. It might just be what they were going for. But, but I thought the, the story left a lot to be desired. And, and it didn't really matter too much because the combat just holds it up <laughs> so effectively. But, uh, but I, I didn't love that. One of the things as well, and this is, I think, once again, kind of an issue of the times and an issue of the, of the genre. Many of these games, these, three, these 3D action-adventure games, and I mentioned this because I, I played Cameo this week as one of my 38-minute impressions games, and I mentioned this. 
These games try to do too much. They, they know that they have this really good solid core to it, right? But they feel like they have to pad it with all these little mini games and these little uh, extra combat sections that really are not executed particularly well. For instance, uh, there's a ship combat section, there's like two or three ship combat sections that I just think are so underwhelming. And when I first saw them, I was like, oh, cool, it's going to be like Star Fox or Rogue, Rogue Squadron, which both came out around, you know, or before this game. And this game is just so far below that bar. And, and granted, like, it's not trying to do that. It's a, it's a third-person action-adventure game. It's a character game. It's not supposed to excel in that. But it makes me sad because it almost feels like that weakens the package. I think it's meant to diversify. It's meant to give you a break in the action. It's meant to give you more variety, but when it's just not executed as well. And it's not to say that it was like the worst ship combat I've ever played before, because it's not. But I thought it left a lot to be desired. Those were sections I was just ready to be done with almost immediately upon starting them. And, and I like the idea that it's trying to evoke. It just didn't work for me. Also, there's a hacking minigame, and uh, say what you will about hacking minigames, yeah, they're, they're usually bad. <laughs> there's very, very few hacking minigames that are really enjoyable, and this does, I feel like this was made before the saturation of ha hacking games, a la Bioshock, and, and that era kind of is the where those those hacking minigames start to become more of a nuisance and more of a negative than they are a positive. Um, I, I did not love the hacking minigame, and, and I didn't hate it. Once again, I, I kind of came around. It was fine, but man, it, it just wasn't enjoyable. I, I'd see a trespasser port, like a port that I had to put this gadget into and do this hacking minigame, and I almost was like, ah, oh, here we go again. Got to finish this. And I wanted to get to the next area. Now, at the same time, and I should have mentioned this in the pluses, the puzzle sections with, with uh, Clank were excellent. Those were fun. They were quick. They were fairly simple, but they required a little bit more thinking and had more uh, variables going on that I thought were, were enjoyable. But that wasn't great. Um, one of my other complaints, especially at the beginning, it didn't really happen after that. You run out of ammo constantly at the beginning of the game. Um, and the game has an auto-aim feature, so it's not like you're missing many shots. But they just don't give you a lot. And part of it may be even that I just didn't know where the crates were or whatever else. As you progress, the game just gets better and better and better. This is a game that, for your first hour of the game, is not representative of what you're going to be experiencing at the end of the game. It's just not. Your first hour of the game is the weakest hour. And that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing for this game is... I want to just encourage you, you start it and you're like, eh, give it a couple hours because this game, it opens up so nicely and so well. But that first, that opening impression that you get is not very strong, in part because you're running out of ammo constantly and they don't really give you a lot in terms of the variety of the weapons or a feel for what you're going to be able to do. Now, they get into it fairly quickly, um, which is good, but it, it's, I, I didn't love it um, at the beginning but it really gets better as time goes on. There's also a card system. I've heard this is not in the original. And the card system is, is essentially a set of collectibles. And I knew immediately that this thing was not, probably not in the original because card systems are so in vogue right now. 
and it's so trendy and hip and I just don't, it, it seems so unnecessary. And, and I almost literally rolled my eyes when this card, when I saw it, when they first were like, you got a card pack. And I was like, great, please no. Uh, at least it's not tied to some stupid microtransaction system for a single player game. But uh, it just, it feels, it feels scuzzy right now. And maybe that's just because of where things have gone with the card system. I mean, they were in like every Ubisoft game last year. They were in all kinds of stuff. They were in need for speed for goodness sake. Um, I, I just, I did not dig the presentation of that. They almost presented as like a grimoire or a codex with uh, other information. And I think they give you certain boosts and bonuses. I just could not care less about the card system. And especially because they tie certain weapons and quests to it. I, I was, oh my goodness, I did not like it at all. <laughs> did not like it. Um, one of the other complaints I have, which is more, this is the only gameplay related complaint. The particle effects are really cool. I mentioned that before, the game's gorgeous. But sometimes there are so many things going on on screen. There are so many little bolts and nuts coming at you. There's every every weapon that the enemy uses in the game is a projectile-based weapon. So they're shooting fire along the ground. They're shooting weapon blasts at you. They're firing from on high. They're shooting laser beams. And all of it's projectile-based. It made it really hard to see what was coming at you sometimes. You might have seven, eight enemies coming at you. Some of them melee weapons, some of them flying enemies, some of them on the ground, all of them shooting at you. And you have all these bolts flying at you, spinning around your character. The It was just so busy. One thing that I hope would happen, if they made another one in this vein, which I hope they do, I hope they do, um, is just to make some of that fire coming at you a little bit more discernible in the chaos. The chaos is cool. The particle effects are awesome. It's a graphical powerhouse of a display. But man, it is hard sometimes to see where you're getting shot from. <laughs> and maybe that's just a get good moment where you got to figure out how to play against the Because by the end, you kind of know where they're shooting you from. You get in the habit of constantly strafing and running and jumping and diving and jetpacking, like which is cool. It feels awesome, but uh, it it gets a little crazy at cer at certain points. Well, those are the things I didn't like as much. What are my overall impressions? This is a wonderful game, especially for kids. It has all the quality and variety, but none of the questionable content. The weapons. The combat, the upgrade system, they are the star of the show, and they leave a resoundingly positive impression on me. Play this game if you haven't. It's great. I'm going to finish it, and I'm going to buy the next one of these that they make. 100%. This was a wonderful experience. If they, if they remaster any of the old ones, I'll be buying those. This was awesome, and I'm really glad they made this free. Because I don't think I would have picked this up. Uh, I was just not that inclined. And I was very wrong. I was surprised at how much I liked this game. Uh, and I'm also, I mean, I'm excited to play more Insomniac. I mean, I, I tried out the, uh, they did an Xbox One game recently, Sunset Overdrive. I didn't like that one a ton. That one aired more on the inappropriateness side, but it had some really interesting and cool ideas. It was kind of similar in terms of like weird guns and crazy, you know, sci-fi stuff. And 
But uh, I just it didn't connect with it very much. With this game being as good as it is, I'm excited to play Spider-Man this fall. Because if they could do this kind of design on a game like this, and they're getting their hands on Spider-Man, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. Ratchet & Clank was a wonderful experience, and I, I highly recommend it if you haven't experienced it, just like I had not experienced it. So those are my overall impressions. What were your thoughts? I had two people that sent me some really great thoughts. I want to share them with you. Um, at length here, Big Papalos. He said, this game is about shooting things with weird and fun guns, and it doesn't get much better than Ratchet and Clank. I'm not too far in my replay of this, but it has definitely stolen my attention away from Monster Hunter World and Destiny 2. It only gets better as you play. Once you finish the game, it unlocks a mode that greatly increases the amount of bolts that you can collect the longer you don't get hit. The previous games had crazy weapons, that would turn the enemies into animals or allow you to suck them in and, and shoot them out. You start to get creative with the weapons you have and find crazy combinations. Deadlock was my favorite of the Ratchet & Clank games. And Big Papa brings up something great there. The combinations in this game. Once again, the gameplay, the combat, it's so good. It's so well done. So well crafted. So many options. It's great. Milks said, I mainly played 2 and 3. When I got my PS2, I was late to the original Ratchet & Clank, so I didn't pick it up. I have really fond memories, though, of the quirky stories and the universe as a whole. I loved all the crazy weapons that they had. I loved playing the small spherical planets. That must be a later edition, but it sounds really cool. I kind of want to look that up and find out afterwards. They added a horde mode arena, and I played the heck out of it to farm currency and build bigger and more outlandish guns. If I recall, they had a Star Wars speeder bike-esque race in one of the games that I thought was a nice touch, and it could fit uh, into the small places the game gave the gameplay a lot of variety. I, I don't really remember much of the big boss fights. I don't remember if they had those. They didn't stick out to me much. All in all, I spent hours and hours on Ratchet and Clank 2 and 3. I beat both games, and I loved every minute of it. Maybe that's the rose-colored glasses speaking, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever back then. The arena mode was basically... Uh, was especially great for me. So that was what Milk said, and he summarized it this way on Twitter. Man, they were so much fun. The guns are awesome and unique, and I love the variations of the planets. Hashtag good, clean, fun. And I heartily agree with that. Um, if you want to appear on the show, you heard what Milk's and Big Papa said. If you want to appear on the show, all you got to do, you hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter, I'm at Random Joe Show, all one word. Or you can contact me on JR Mead, and I'm a little bit more active on that one. It's my, my personal Twitter. Uh, or you can do it in our Discord server. If you need an invite to Discord, all you got to do is hit me up either uh, on Twitter or wherever, and I'll send you an invite. You can jump in and discuss the games that we're playing each week. Uh, next week's Game of the Week is Full Metal Furious, like I said, by Rogue Legacy's developer. Please check on it and, uh, and join the conversation uh, as we have it next week. Now, that is, uh, that is your take on Ratchet & Clank, which I really appreciate Milks and, and Big Papa sharing their thoughts. Sounds like they, they grew up playing it. They had a lot of fond memories. And I know for Big Papa coming back to it, it was, it was just a lot of fun to, to reminisce and relive that. And that's one of the other reasons why we do this is not just to play new games, not just to play games that are you know stuck in your backlog, but to go back to these games that just were so foundational and so enjoyable and that you played and you loved. So what were some other games I played this week, though? It's kind of the segment we're moving into. 
this is uh, the Destiny 2 part of the show, really. <laughs> and um, many of you know I'm, I'm part of Destiny Reset Podcast. Uh, I'm one of the admins of one of their clans, and, and I love Destiny. played more Destiny than anything else in the last three years, and Destiny 2 is so much fun right now. They, they put out a patch a couple weeks ago called the Go Fast Update, and I have just been loving this patch. Um, perhaps it's because of the just the fact that I'm working on the show, and so I don't have as much time to play Destiny as I normally would. But man, every every moment that I'm not doing something for this show and I have free time, I'm playing Destiny 2. It is so much fun. And uh, I played a lot of Trials this last weekend, and I liked it. What? I don't I don't like trials. I'm not a competitive player, but I, I played and I, I even I got a couple hand cannons. It was fun. Big thank you to my teams that I played with this weekend. We had a blast. We had a good time. It was on Burning Shrine. It was survival and it was great. It was a lot of fun. I didn't end up getting the Nightfall Sniper. Basically, the Nightfall Strike uh, is the cooperative three-man strike that you add modifiers to, and they they revamped it so that now there's a scoring system. So you as you kill enemies, you get score. And the higher your score is, the better chance you get of getting a couple rare items every week. There's an emblem, which is like your player banner, and then uh, either a gun or an item that you can receive as a reward uh, randomly. But they're fairly rare. I did eight Nightfalls uh, on the Prestige difficulty last week and uh, did not get it. Um, I, I was able to basically 100% clear Prestige difficulty. We didn't wipe once. Uh, and any of the teams I did across PlayStation or Xbox. But I had a great time with that. Then when Reset happened on Tuesday, Tuesday has basically become weekly rotating Crucible list day. Because Mayhem was this week, it was Rumble last week, Mayhem was this week, and I had a blast. I played for several hours on Tuesday, jumped in with a bunch of friends, had a great time. Uh, it was wonderful. Then uh, Wednesday through Friday, basically every time I got on and had time to play, I was doing Prestige Nightfalls. I, I completed, I think I did six of them so far this week, Prestige Nightfall clears, and I got the Ghost on my fifth one. Uh, I also got up to 80,000 points, which is a pretty respectable score. It's my highest score across any strike, and I got uh, one of the Emblem variants. I didn't get the other two, though, so I'm probably going to run some more uh, later this weekend. One thing I will say is this Nightfall was way harder than last week's because I failed this one more times than I succeeded and uh, I kind of ended up settling on void you can kind of choose which element you want to do and then you want to kind of leverage your subclass and your your weapon slots to to mirror that that what that uh, element and and this one the boss at the end uses each element on each successive floor and I found that the last floor was particularly the hardest where he has an arc weapon and all the enemies that spawn, most of, most all of them have solar. And so we opted to go with void and just kind of do the slow and steady uh, pace, which is funny. We were still doing the strike in like 15 minutes, but um, that's what we ended up doing. Um, it was really fun. I want to do more nightfalls. I want to play more trials this weekend. I haven't gotten a chance to yet. It's on Midtown with uh, um, Countdown is the mode. And then uh, I wanted to raid this week, and, and our raid fell through. We have a normal group that gets together and does that. So uh, if you like playing Destiny 2, you want to play with me, let me know. Uh, I'm always down for that. If I have time, I am all about Destiny 2. I, I think I'm just feeling really positive about it because of the current balance of 
life and family and work and uh and and also you know this show which i'm doing you know as a hobby and then anytime that i have this not that right now is just destiny 2 time it's really fun i'd like to get back to playing some more shadowgun legends i haven't i'd like to get back to playing uh diablo 3 i i haven't in the last couple weeks um, I did play a couple other games that are part of my th- or 38-minute impressions uh, features, which they come out midweek. And if you haven't checked them out, I encourage you to do that if you're interested in the game. I basically play these games for 38 minutes to an hour. With these games, this last week it was an hour. Um, and then I give my impressions on them. 15 minutes or so, I, I kind of share what, what are the things I liked and noticed, what did I not like. And, and the games I played this week were The Road Not Taken and Cameo Elements of Power. The first, Road Not Taken, is by Spry Fox Games. And it's a puzzle game. Uh, I liked certain aspects of it, but really didn't like. I, d- I didn't like it overall. I felt like it was probably a very strong and niche game that would appeal to a specific audience, but I was not that audience. Which is funny to me because I normally like puzzle games. I normally like roguelikes. This didn't do it for me. Cameo Elements of Power is another 3D platformer, and this was probably the worst week for me to play it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Ratchet & Clank was so good, and I was having so much fun that Cameo really left a lot to be desired. I, I feel very similarly about Cameo as I do about Banjo-Kazooie Nuts & Bolts. They're both made by Rare around the same time. They both seem to be ambitious, pushing for something that's well beyond their ability to deliver it. And so I, I left feeling fairly disappointed but curious about it. Uh, I don't know that I'll play more of it, but what a weird game. Um, it, it's got some interesting aspects to it, but... There's a lot that's clunky and, and just not executed well. Uh, it really serves in a lot of ways as the opposite to a game like Ratchet and Clank where um, I love every aspect of the gameplay and the combat. And the moment-to-moment is so good. Cameo wasn't like that. It was interesting. It had me curious about what they were going to do with all these different abilities and swapping on the fly between them, but... Man, it just uh, it, it didn't come through for me in the end. So those are two games. So I'm really lukewarm to negative on the on the two games I did 38-minute impressions with. That's probably not going to happen this week because I'm doing um, Cave Story Plus, which I haven't played in a while, and I uh, loved it when I played it uh, probably six or seven years ago, but looking forward to revisiting that. If I have time, I'll squeeze in a second 38-minute uh, impressions and release that midweek as well. Um, that's what we're doing. So that brings us to uh, the tail end of our episode here. This is episode four. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, tune in next week to hear about Full Metal Furies. And what I'd encourage you to do even more than just tuning in next week, pick this game up. It's on sale right now. I think it's like 15% off. I think it's like 15 bucks total right now. Buy this game. Try it out. Play it with me. Let me know what you think. I've heard it is a crazy, weird puzzle game with brawler stuff. It sounds weird. I like weird. Try it out. Let me know. I have it on good authority uh, that this game is good. One of my favorite YouTubers, Slow Wolf, swears by this game. It says it's amazing. So I'm going to trust him, and I'm looking forward to playing this game with you. If you'd like to be featured on the show, as I mentioned before, all you got to do is send me something via Twitter or Discord about the games we play. Once again, that Twitter, you can send it to Random Joe Show, all one word, just how it sounds, or J.R. Meaden, and uh, and I'd love to hear from you. And uh, you send that to me and, and let me know what games you're playing, let me know what you're thinking about those games, 
and uh, I hope you'll get involved with our community. Once again, th this is all about you getting a chance to play some of these games and enjoy making friends. As far as content on the channel, I mentioned this before, but the 38-minute impressions feature that goes up in the middle of the week is going to be Cave Story Plus. That'll drop sometime uh, midweek. And then next weekend, Episode 5, Full Metal Furies. The week after that, we're going to be playing The Witness. This game is free on Xbox One right now. If you do not have The Witness and you have an Xbox One, go get this thing right now. This is one of my favorite games I've played in the last couple of years. I love The Witness, and I cannot wait to, to go back to this game. What I generally do, as you've noticed, is I cycle through new games, old games that are random like Uncharted 2 last week, and free games on the, on the platforms PS Plus and Xbox One. That's the free Xbox One game this month that we're going to be playing is The Witness. Get it. Play it. It's amazing. Otherwise, join us for Full Metal Furies next week. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to discussing all this stuff with you guys and uh, continuing to play together. Well, that's going to do it for me. You know where to find me. In the meantime, have a great week and have fun gaming.